0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Driving While Black, Race, Space, and Mobility in America is a groundbreaking two-hour documentary film by acclaimed historian Dr. Gretchen Soren and Emmy Award-winning director Rick Burns, chronicling the riveting history and personal experiences at once liberating and challenging, harrowing and inspiring, deeply revealing and profoundly transforming of African-Americans on the road from the advent of the automobile through the seismic changes of the 1960s and beyond. Driving While Black explores the deep background of a recent phase rooted in realities that have been an indelible part of the African-American experience for hundreds of years. Once again, the film is called Driving Wild Black Race, Space, and Mobility in America, and we're joined today by the co-directors of the film, Dr. Gretchen Soren, and Emmy Award winning director Rick Burns. The film will premiere on Tuesday, October 13th on PBS at 9pm. Check your local listing to be sure of that. But uh, nonetheless, this is a fantastic film, a wonderful overview of so many more things than the title even implies. Uh, It's just there's so much here. And so I'm really honored and thrilled to be able to talk to these two filmmakers about the film. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Dr. Gretchen Soren, how did you and Rick Burns get together in, in the making of this documentary film?
1: the whole idea of the automobile just kind of cries out for movement. You know, the automobile is, it's a, it's about going from one place to another. And I I really felt uh, as I was doing the research that it needed to be a film also because it's such an important topic. And I um, was on a panel at OAH, the organization of American historians with Rick Burns and we're old friends. We've known each other for more than 20 years. And I thought, you know, who is the greatest storyteller? You know, Who can really um, do justice to this incredible story? Um, and I asked Rick if he would have lunch with me after our panel. And so we went to a restaurant in Manhattan and we sat and I pulled out my laptop and I had images on it that I had been gathering for years. And I just flipped through the images and the, the waiters and the waitresses in the restaurant had gathered behind us and they were looking over our shoulders at these images and it was then and there um, that i said to rick i you know i think this cries out for a movie and he said this is my next project no.
0: <laughs> well rick let me ask you in terms of just sort of the the uh, the the window through which you were able to kind of begin the process of putting this film together was there some particular thread that you wanted to pull on first in order to begin your journey as a filmmaker how did that play out
2: um, well, you know, first of all, I was so incredibly um flattered that, that Gretchen, you know, reached out to me like that. because um, I'd known her since she was a major figure in our New York series, talking about colonial New York, the slave revolts, um, as they were called, 1712, 1741. And she's, you know, she's kind of a triple hitter because she not only, you know, is a historian, but she also is a um she directs the Cooperstown museum studies program. And so she's deeply immersed in the material culture of America. Yeah. And so it's like you have, in Gretchen, she had the idea, she did the research, she's a historian, and she is cr- deeply familiar with this Welter extraordinary archive of material um, in the 20th century and 21st century around the general theme of African-Americans on the road. And it was really in our initial conversation, literally at that table, which was about five years ago, you know, on Broadway and 55th Street in Manhattan in the restaurant. And that as we were kind of jabbering away about it. The sense that like this story Autumn African-Americans on the road during the era of Jim Crow, which is roughly first half of the 20th century up to, up to the 1960s civil rights movement, is this cr- critical pivotal period um, in American history. And what you see is that issues that had been affecting all American and critically African-Americans since the early 17th century, since Europeans and Africans first came to this continent, really came to a major inflection point um, with the invention of the automobile. And those issues had to do with race, space and mobility in America. Um, And so this thing that has this very specific point of entry, uh, African-Americans on the road during Jim Crow, the green book as their guide to how they could navigate this complex space. turns out to be deeply rooted in processes that are definitive to the American experience across 400 years, coming down to, not ending with the civil rights period, but coming right down to today. And the phrase, which is the brilliant title um, of Gretchen's book in our film, Driving While Black, is yeah. so has such a contemporary in-your-face resonance. And that's why we chose it. That this issue is not an issue that ended in the 1960s. It's an issue about mobility from the beginning, middle, right up to today in American history. And so what we wanted to do was make a film make a film following the, the lead of her extraordinary book which gathered together all those threads and showed how um, space and mobility have been unequally distributed in America since the early 17th century. And while there have been significant crucial changes in 400 years, they're still unequally distributed. That's the Black Lives Matter movement right there. And the final thing I'll just say right now is that this pivot point, take the 1890s, um, it's when, having been emancipated, you know, so to speak, or emancipated themselves in, through the Civil War, African Americans found themselves relocked down by Jim Crow laws, which said you cannot go this place, you are going to have remain, you can't, you can't sit on this part of a train. You've really been reshackled. That really got confirmed in 1896 by the famous, notorious Plessy v. Ferguson Supreme Court decision, which basically said separate but equal laws which says where black people can go in this country and where they can't are perfectly fine as long as they're equal separate but equal that more or less that same time 1896 the automobile was invented also not incidentally the motion picture was invented so things that had been there before enormously frozen and static began to move
0: there's a very, very good quote in here, Craig Wilder, where he's, he talks about American history. We like to t- celebrate American history, but we really don't like to look at American history.
1: You know, he, he, he says we have to be brutally honest. And that's one of the things I think that's, that brutal honesty is, is under attack right now, right? right. We're saying if you're, you're unpatriotic, if you're not celebrating, we right. would argue just the opposite, that it is patriotic to, to critique American culture and that it is patriotic to want to make it better. And that's what we're doing in this film. We're critiquing it. We're saying, this is what's this is what's wrong. This is how we can make it better.
0: Just what is just below the surface that we as a society have been so adverse to, to really discuss and even to acknowledge. And I think one of the things that comes across in this film is how long we've been able to deny it in terms of white culture. I'll just say speak in terms of, how long we've been able to deny this? Even in, in the midst of the, the civil rights era of the 1960s, we never really talked about. We just don't. We don't talk about it. This is as good a film as I've ever seen at at reckoning so many different elements in American society coming to grips with understanding. That's them.
1: That's it, you, you know, one of the things that we, we we that's so obvious about American culture is that we we talk about in, in South Africa. They had truth and reconciliation, right? You can't have reconciliation until right. you have truth. And we haven't gotten there yet in this country. We don't have the truth yet. Um, and that's one, one of the things that we're trying to do in this film is bring out that truth so that we can get to reconciliation. One right. At least at...
0: Right. Well, let, let's, again, let's talk a, um, a little more detail about what's the, in the film, how you were able to, uh, kind of pull these different elements together. Dr. Soren, the people you wanted to get in the into the film, talk a little about kind of pulling some of these uh, incredible voices into the into the production of this film.
1: One of the things that's so important when you're when you're telling a story is to is to bring in those, I think, you you want to bring in ordinary people, not just the 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 leaders of government. You want to bring in the voices of the people who've had these experiences. And so for me as a historian, oral history has always been a very important part of what I do. <clears throat> and so I, I did a lot of oral histories. And when Rick came into the project, he expanded that with, with video um, oral histories. Um, we have we actually have an enormous archive mm-hmm. of both um, audio and, and video. I had, you just made me think about that. We have an incredible archive um, of Jim Crow era um, oral histories, some some audio and some video and audio that are am- remarkable stories of ordinary people going out on the road with their automobiles.
0: Well, and then some of those stories that we, that are part of some um, oral history of they're talking about former or ex slaves former slaves who were talking about being able to leave the property with a, only with the owner's note there's there's sprinkled throughout the film are these first person accounts of just how brutal and ugly this this whole thing was i i just struggle with words to describe this
2: what i think what you're what you're really pointing to Mike, is the that the, the violence like yeah it was something that you know, sure, it was meant to, you know, be meted out to specific individuals, but the main point of the violence was to um, put it into the hearts and minds of other people. Yeah. They would fear the threat of that violence. Yeah. So the the kind of self-immobilization that took place across American history and that continues in some ways to this day because of people who are so threatened, uh, so fear, You know, plausibly, um, the violence, you know, to hear a credible historian Christopher West in our film, say that you can't begin to understand unless you're a black American, the horror that driving on American roads is for African Americans. That's not what white Americans think, or that's not what they experience. They don't experience that horror at all. I was born in 1955. Those pictures that Gretchen showed me five years ago in the restaurant, they showed uncanny sort of doppelganger America. I knew that. I went to the beach in a car with my family. I drove to Howard Johnson's on the way. We stopped at Esso stations. But what we didn't see um, was this kind of like double image that was there. You pass the rotary sign on your way into town, but you mi- miss the fact that the Ku Klux Klan has a chapter there. Um, my most startlingly powerful image in my view that Gretchen provided for the film was the sign, totally classic, over Main Street in in um, Greenville, Greenville, yeah. Greenville
1: Texas. Yeah.
2: Here it is. It's every Main Street in America. Yeah. And there it is, and it says, Greenville, Texas, the blackest soil
0: the way people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the filmmakers of this amazing documentary film called Driving While Black Race, Space and Mobility in America. And that would be Dr. Gretchen Soren, as well as Rick Burns, direct co-directors of this wonderful film that will be premiering on PBS on Tuesday, October 13th at 9 PM. Well, let's go back and talk about some of the particulars just in terms of um how the system how you, the United States uh, when it was the the landing spot for uh, slaves coming from the uh, Atlantic crossing, and just in terms of the impact it had on the United States as far as the economy, uh, how it how how it changed America. Um, Dr. Soren, would you like to just I, na- know,
1: I think one of the one of the questions that people have asked me is, if it's about driving while Black, why did you go to, why did you go back to slavery? Why did you start, you know, at the beginning? And um, you have to start at the beginning because this is really a story about whether or not you can move about freely, right? Whether or not you have mobility. And so um, when you were talking about how isolated that family in Louisiana was, you know, there were so many enslaved people never got the opportunity to move more than uh, maybe a, a mile, you know, within a particular radius of the plantation that they lived on. So, you know, mobility was so incredibly restricted that it becomes a really sought after freedom.
2: And remember, and that, what's crucial to understand too, Mike, is that it's not just that Black, you know, African-Americans um, were sort of forced to be localized in certain places, because white Americans A had the power and B didn't like them. They wanted something from them. They wanted the wealth that could be generated by their labor. And if that labor is self-mobilized someplace else, you couldn't generate that wealth. So it was all, it's all about wealth extraction right. at the bottom of it. And you know, it's not, you know, racial bigotry is a crucial part of this. But what's at the center of it is you need to immobilize this population in order to extract. And I love the um, brutal connotations of that, like going to like the f- most ferocious dentist you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. Uh, you're going to extract wealth from these people, and they must be motionless. They have to be right there. If they wander off, and that's why mobility is exactly the issue. At the very heart of everything to do with freedom in America.
0: Well, uh, Dr. Soren, there was a document that we see in the film. It said it's an insurance policy. It was a life insurance document. Uh, American life insurance and and trust policy was issued in Philadelphia. I assume it had to do with ownership (laughs) of the slave. But again, I mean, these are the things that are in the film that are just jarring Although in some way they shouldn't be jarring, this was a system that was essentially 400 years of a system that
1: system that affected every aspect of American life. Yes, and was thoroughly integrated. Yeah, into into labor in this country, into you know into every aspect of life. You know, you really can't talk about American history without talking about slavery.
0: That's why I brought up that 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 what Dr. Wilder was talking about, we like to celebrate American history, we just don't like to look at it. And exactly that, I mean, there. one of the reasons that Wall Street came into being was because of the slave trade, right? Because of this influx of, of capital into the country over it. Uh, you just see so many instances, the reason, I mean, one of the reasons why sheriffs came into being. That's was from, Right? I mean. I mean around, a, when,
2: Wall Street, when Wall Street was founded. I mean. Yeah. The, the colony, New York, was a failing colony, New Amsterdam, nice. um, until you know the mid-1650s, when they stopped trying to kill beaver um, or grow, you know, or capture fish, and instead got involved in the triangle trade, the slave trade, and New York City became the central point entrepôt yeah. for the cross and the intersection of cotton, slaves, etc. So right from the very beginning, you know, slaves. Famously well known, black enslaved Americans built the wall that st- stood on what is now called Wall Street. So right there, right there at the heart, right there were American beginnings of American history. Right thing that the, the economic system re- requires um, the slave trade.
0: Yeah, well, and let's go back to speaking of mobility. Um, the uh, the uh, Harriet Tub Tubman and and the uh, the Underground Railroad again, another issue around mobility, essentially, you know, these, these are, I guess the, the, the brighter spar, uh, parts of they this steal story, their
1: mobility, right. They steal yeah. their, yeah. they steal themselves from slavery yeah. and leave. Yeah. You know, this that is was a dangerous, very dangerous thing to do again. And, 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 and another the th- only th- way that, you know, there were very few ways of getting freedom. You might be able to purchase your, yourself or your family. If you had any source of, of income, or you could run away at or, great risk.
0: Uh, at great risk to not at, only yourself at, at but to your family. Yeah,
1: at tremendous risk. And if you were caught, you would be faced with real, really severe punishment.
0: Right. And then the other thing about that particular issue and what it comes up often in in the film, and that is the idea of this sort of north south, um, this migration back and forth. The idea that the north was somehow going to be a be a you know kind of the the place to go, and in some ways, it was better than the South. But it was no better roses either. And uh, w- you know, we have we talk about you get into the film about redlining and sundowner towns, and how the interstate hi- interstate highway system has a very different perspective from which side of the racial divide you're you're sitting on. And there's just so many things. And I guess, Doctor Sorna, what I want to ask you is, you know, how have we been able to get away with not talking about this for as long as we have? I mean, this in and of itself is another whole, you know, this part of this is another wall right here that we're the, the fact that for 300, 250 years, we've never we don't talk about this at all.
1: I think, you know, well, historians talk about it. Historians right. talk about it. <laughs> and, I, and I think there <laughs> there have been um, there there have been many opportunities for us to, to talk about it. And if you if you really think about it, think about women's rights history, uh, LGBTQ history, African-American history, when all of those things, when they come up, all of those things are so positive because they've all moved uh, civil rights, right? Right. They've all moved democracy forward. Right. Even if it's just a little bit, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, or one step forward, two steps back, whatever that little bit, little bit is, it moves it forward. That's what we're hoping that this film does yeah. is to move us forward a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, Rick Rick Burns, um, in the making of this film and the making of Driving While Black, race, space, and mobility in America, what, have, what has been the most eye-opening, surprising thing in terms of uh, what you've learned uh, as a filmmaker and as a citizen of the United States?
2: William Faulkner famously said, history isn't was, history is is. <laughs> That and, you know, that's that's a a sort of a shibboleth that gets traded has been passed around for nearly a century now. And it finally, I think, working with Gretchen on this film, it finally came hit me really with all with something like its full force. The truth of that, that, you know, we think of history as being in the past and that's really a lot of wishful thinking. Let's study the civil rights period. It's in the past, meaning its issues are over now. But it turns out to be that these issues are there, that there's a kind of uh, paradigm that stays, it doesn't mean we don't make progress. Um, And so I think that the way you do, the way we do make progress, the way we do change history, uh, as James Baldwin said, the way we do achieve our country is we begin to understand these really powerful links between the past and the present. Otherwise, we're going to be, Shackled down here forever, all of us. Yeah. And so I think that that driving while black, well, you know, go back to the first slave ships, come all the way up and follow this thread of mobility, um, and its unequal distribution.
0: Sandra Bland, all the, all of the people Sandra were Bland. all these people were seeing. And again, you get into this in the film with the the mobile phone uh the ability of us to now have to okay. confront the George Floyds the, the all of these these uh, Eric Gardner all these different people who right. you just can't look there's no way you cannot see this now and that's right i
2: think you've now touched the main reason why it's been so semi hidden for so long that you need to be able to see it that's unfortunate. You need to be able to document it um, in order to understand what it is and so what you can see is as as the forms of documentation became more and more sophisticated and universal from the camera to the film camera to television. How crucial was television to the civil rights movement? Now down to, you know, the digital media age. What's happened is the inescapability of this knowledge has become more and more profound. So that you just, you can't, you know, you you might shoot a black person in the back today, but you stand a nearly 100% chance of being filmed on an iPhone while doing it. That itself is becoming a way in which the connections between past and present mm-hmm. are, are, are made extraordinarily vivid, and hopefully the way in which we understand these very tough truths, in the midst of which there's enormous hope.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Soren, would you like to Help me feel better about my, by, by country, by by going out on a positive note. Are, are you feeling that as well? Do you feel? Like I will. Maybe? Uh,
1: you know, I'll tell. Yes, I will say something very positive. Um, what has been so incredibly gratifying for me um, is that you know, African Americans are are only 13 percent of the population of this country, um, and yet um, we we it's hard to get things done, um, large big things. Without white allies, and we have seen. For well, first of all, I have had an incredible white accomplice um, working with me on this project. But also, we we have a moment now where white people are starting to say, "This is something we should look at. We have to turn a light and look at what's happening um, to to African Americans on the road." Right. We have to we have to look at this. We have to do something about it, and they're in the streets, you know, and that gives me enormous um, optimism and hope that we can make change in this country.
0: I I want to thank both of you so very much. This is a remarkable documentary film. It is just so well done. It is so coherent, cogent, and it is so relevant to to the world we are living in right now. And I want to thank both of you. Uh, The film again is Driving While Black. Race space and mobility in America, we've been talking to the co-directors, Dr. Gretchen Soren and director Rick Burns. To both of you, thank you so very much for your time here today and for this film.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films.